Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Bavarian Podcast Work Show. Daryl Splick, this is Chuck Smith, and I am here to bring you the preview for the Bundesliga matchup between Bayern Munich and Bayer Leverkusen. And obviously this one occurring on the 30th match day is going to hold a lot of meaning for Bayern Munich. They are in a very strong position right now in first place, but they cannot afford to drop points under any circumstance. If you're Bayern Munich, giving, given everything that is going on surrounding your team off the field, you want to take care of business on the field. And there is no better way than to start to wrap this season up than to beat Leverkusen on Tuesday. As always, we are going to take a quick look at how the teams match up and where they are at in the standings. We'll start out with Bayern Munich, who of course is in first place. They have 21 wins, five draws, and three losses on the year. Over the course of their last five games, Bayern has four wins and one draw. Of course, last week, Bayern Munich picked up a big 3-2 victory over Wolfsburg. Uh, and the news after the game kind of overshadowed the performance of players like Jamal Musiala and others who excelled. But obviously, Hansi Flick's uh, announcement that he had planned on resigning after the season uh, kind of took the luster away from that victory. As for Bayer Leverkusen, uh, they are residing in sixth place right now. Uh, they have 13 wins, eight draws, and eight losses. Over the course of their last five games, they have two wins, one draw, and two losses. Last week, they picked up a 3-0 victory over FC Cologne, and they are currently in that sixth position, which is... Uh, the gateway to a Europa Conference League qualification spot. So uh, Bayer Leverkusen has something to play for, too, if they're looking forward to any type of European competition next year. They cannot afford to drop points to Bayern Munich, and that's why this game has a little bit of intrigue. While it's one of the, one of the many reasons that this game has a little bit of intrigue, uh, Bayer Leverkusen is one of the more, I would say, mercurial teams in the Bundesliga Obviously, coming into this season, I think a lot of people had hope for them, and I, I certainly did. I thought they were a team on the rise. And given how they started, uh, there was no reason to think that that this team would fade off like they did. Uh, they got off to a tremendous start over the course of the season. They have an exciting young roster. Uh, but things just started to fall apart. The wheels fell off. And, I mean, honestly, they really haven't truly gotten it all together. Uh, when you look at up and down their roster, I mean, they're... They're talented, uh, you know. Uh, obviously, one thing that will hurt them this week, uh, Florian Wirtz, who is one of the, if not the most exciting young player in the Bundesliga these days, is uh, is suffering or battling a groin injury, which uh, likely will keep him out of this one. But that does not mean that Leverkusen is lacking for talent. Uh, you know, they have a very strong group of Lucas Alario, Leon Bailey. Musa Diaby, Patrick Schick, uh, that group of forwards is good. They're they're very good. They can create issues uh, for the opposition, and they absolutely uh, could cause Bayern Munich some trouble, depending on which combination of players Hannes Wolf decides to Wolf decides to roll out there. Uh, defensively is where I think that Leverkusen is very susceptible. Uh, the, <laughs> their best defender is Jonathan Ta, who I don't 
rate that highly. I think that Taz is vastly overrated. I think that he was kind of pushed into the German national team a little too soon. Uh, and I don't think he necessarily warrants the position that he has there. So uh, we'll see how he is able to match up against Bayern's strong group of forwards uh, on the day. But uh, it, it will be very interesting, to say the least. I just I feel like at this stage of the season, uh, Bayer Leverkusen has, has been so up and down, I'm not sure that they are quite prepared for what they are going to face, even against such a banged-up Bayern Munich lineup. And that's a, a big uh, subject that we can discuss right now is who exactly will be in that Bayern Munich lineup. What we did learn today from Hansi Flick's press conference was that Robert Lewandowski will again miss another game with his knee injury, but he is getting closer. So if Bayern Munich fans can keep their fingers crossed, they might get to see the Polish hitman this weekend if all things go well over the course of the rest of this week for Lewandowski. Uh, unfortunately, Nicholas Sula is still out of the lineup. Uh, Mark Roca is also still nursing an injury. Serge Gnabry is uh, still in quarantine, but even when he comes out, uh, Hansi Flick kind of indicated that Gnabry may need some time to get back into shape. I don't necessarily think he's out of shape. I just think he needs to get his fitness back up to par. We all know that COVID-19 can uh, wreak havoc on an athlete's body, so I think we can assume that Gnabry might not be ready for the weekend. He might be available to dress, but I don't think he would see any extensive action. As for Bayern's other injuries, Quarantan Tolisso and Douglas Costa are both going to miss the game. Uh, they have longer-term injuries. But some interesting uh, pieces of Flick's press conference that kind of uh, were a little bit shocking. We all know that Luca Hernandez... Uh, picked up a knock on Saturday, and it was really unclear whether or not he was going to be able to play in this one. And uh, there really was no talk about his uh, his status. So uh, other than Flick saying that the same group would be available, uh, Leroy Sané also picked up an elbow injury. It looks like he will be dressing. We don't know if he'll actually play, but he will be available to the team if needed. And it also appears that David Alaba, uh, picked up a knock somewhere along the line as well. So uh, Byron again battling with injuries. It doesn't look like uh, they've picked up anything significant over the last couple of days, but certainly this is an area that Flick will keep an eye on and an area where he's going to have to kind of piece together a lineup uh, based on who's in form and who's healthy. And <laughs> obviously there there might be more people in form than healthy at this point. So let's take a look at where I see things going. And I, I'm going to go out on a, on a limb on a couple of these, and, and I'll talk about why. Obviously, between the sticks, I'm going to go with Manuel Neuer. But for my back line, I'm going to go with Luca Hernandez at left back, David Alaba at left center back, Jerome Boateng at right center back, and Benjamin Pavar at right back. And I know the Hernandez selection there is a little bit controversial, uh, and that's mostly because I, I just think Alfonso Davies needs some time. He has not looked right to me. Uh, I think Davies is a phenomenal talent. I think he's he's on a path to become one of the most effective and best overall left backs in the world. He's not there yet, but he is is on his way to that. But something has not been right this year, and it's it's one of those things where, as a fan, we don't know what's going on. He could be battling an injury that's been nagging him all season. He could also have lost his confidence. He could just be in poor form. 
Uh, we don't know what is going on with him. But one thing is for sure, he is not the same player that he was last season. And this by no means is any indictment of his ability. It's just he has not performed the same way. And like I said, there are many reasons why that could be. Uh, I, I don't want to throw out any of my tinfoil hat theories. I, I kind of think he's probably banged up. I, I don't want to make it any more than that. Uh, but he, he definitely has struggled uh, much more often this season than he did last year. And I think just some downtime for him, whether it's to get his body right or to clear his head, would be very beneficial. And if Luca Hernandez can go, I would, I would absolutely lose him. Uh, use him, sorry. <laughs> I don't know that there are many Bayern fans that would like to lose Hernandez. Uh, in the midfield, uh, Leon Goretzka is supposed to come back, so I would assume he will go right into the lineup for Hansi Flick and team with Joshua Kimmich. Uh, that's a no-brainer for me. If for some reason Flick decides to hold Goretzka out, which is possible, I mean, Goretzka is coming off an injury, we could see Alaba slide up into that central defensive midfield role. We could see then Luca Hernandez slide into the left center back role and Alfonso Davies get the call at left back. That said, I'm going to stick with my prediction of Hernandez at left back and Goretzka and Kimmich in the midfield. As for that front four, uh, I think <laughs> this is another interesting part where, you know, Sané is healthy. Will he play? Uh, Kingsley Coman is also healthy and assuming he got a little bit of rest and only playing. Um, for 30 minutes or so on Saturday, uh, I would assume that Flick is able to call upon whoever he wants at this stage. But uh, I think we'll see Eric Maxim Chupo-Moting up top again. I think with Bayern Munich trying actively to sign him to an extension, they are going to give him some goodwill and give him as much playing time as possible uh, with Robert Lewandowski out of the lineup. We'll obviously see Thomas Muller behind Chupo-Moting at left wing. I'm going to go with Kingsley Coman. I think after coming on as a sub on Saturday, he is going to get the start today. But at right wing, I am not going to go with Leroy Sané. I am going to go with Jamal Musiala because right now, Jamal Musiala is the best wing on the team. Uh, as far as comparing the form of Kingsley Coman and Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry, uh, Musiala is performing better than those three right now. And that's very odd concerning that I rate all three of those players extremely high. Unfortunately, at this point in the season, things have not gone so well for those three players. Uh, Serge Gnabry, of course, like we talked about, is sitting out in a quarantine due to COVID-19. Uh, Leroy Sané not only is battling a bit of a knock, but he appears to be really battling himself on the field. And it has nothing to do with his ability. It appears that he is suffering through some bouts with confidence. And, and yeah, you can poke holes in that theory all you want. I'm just some guy with a microphone saying that Sané doesn't look confident, but the fact that he often is finding himself in good positions to shoot but not pulling the trigger says there's something wrong because he's doing all of the hard work. The hard work is getting to that spot where you can release your shot. Right now, Sané, more often than not, is doing the hard work to get himself open and then opting to make passes. And, and a lot of times he's forcing those passes. There isn't really anything there. So, I mean, I'm sure that if you, you, you pulled Hansi Flick aside and you talked to him privately, he would tell you he wants Sané to shoot more. He wants Sané to take that shot when he gets that opening. But as of now, Sané just appears like he's battling himself, whether it's confidence or he's thinking about things too much. Uh, things just aren't clicking for him. So 
When you have a player like that, I ultimately think the best thing to do is to give him some time off, whether it's one game, whether it's half a game or whatever. You want to give that player some time to breathe and rethink things and then come back on the pitch with a fresh start, a new mindset. And that's why I would go with Musiala, because right now Musiala is the hot hand. Obviously, if you look at his talent compared to the other three, at this point in his career, you know, he's not as good as they are. Uh, if you're just going overall game comparing the entirety of the season, no, he has not been as good as those three players. But today, uh, we are in uh, mid-April, and he is better than the three of them are performing right now. Uh, Kingsley Coman, who I thought was really the leader in the clubhouse at the wing position all season, uh, has really trailed off the last few weeks. Uh, and it really came at an unfortunate time because it, it Bayern really needed him in the Champions League to step his game up, and he was not able to do so. It's And it's not as if he was bad because he wasn't bad. He wouldn't, didn't perform terribly or anything like that. But it was a step down from where he was early in the season. And and that's one of those things that's kind of been a knock on Coman is that he's very streaky, uh, not as consistent as you would like. And unfortunately, he was consistent for the better part of the season. And then just, like I said, the last few weeks had trailed off tremendously and is no longer making that big impact that we saw him make toward the end of last season and for most of this season. So I don't see that there's any way that you can take Musiala off the pitch at this point. He is uh, too valuable right now, too creative, uh, and too pacey. He is one of the only players out there using his pace to his advantage. And uh, Kingsley Coman and Leroy Sané have done a pretty good job over the course of the season at using their pace to create chaos. Uh, of late, they have not been able to do that. They've created some openings for themselves, but whether it's poor decision-making or a lack of confidence or whatever, they have not been able to really pull through and help the Bayern offense as much as you would like. Right now, Musiala is doing all of those things. He's creating for others. He's creating his own shots, and he has become a complete headache to deal with for the op opposition. Uh, listen, I know that Flick is very loyal to veterans. He's very loyal to the older players. He's. It's funny to say Leroy Sané and Kingsley Coman are older, but they're older than Jamal Musiala. Um, you know, Flick has been inclined in the past to really stick with those veteran players and and ride them out and help them get through tough times. I don't think this is one of those points in the season where you can do that. While you are in control of the Bundesliga and you are at the top of the table, you do need to win this game. Uh, I just feel like at this stage, with everything going on surrounding the team, it is time for Bayern Munich to wrap the league up and not let it sit around. And, and that, to me, is the biggest theme of this game. It really doesn't matter as much who starts. It doesn't matter as much what team is in the best form. What matters is how can Bayern Munich deal with all of this noise going around the team? Uh, obviously, Flick's uh, intention to resign, uh, it causes a bit of a distraction no matter what. I don't care who you are as a player. Uh, when you find out your coach is leaving, it's unsettling. Uh, and especially because Flick was a catalyst to revive some of these players' careers, like Jerome Boateng and Thomas Muller. Uh, or he spearheaded the growth in some of these players like Leon Goretzka, Joshua Kimmich, 
Alfonso Davies. Those are three players you could really point to that he had a big positive impact on. Uh, Yashua Kimmich, I know everyone uh, can pinpoint that he was going to be a superstar talent, but he was very good under Niko Kovac. He has become great under Hansi Flick. And uh, not just great, but a, a world-class caliber, caliber player. Uh, when you think about the top 11 in the world, it, you'd be hard-pressed not to include Joshua Kimmich in that mix. And I think Flick has had a big part in helping Kimmich evolve from extremely talented right back to starting caliber midfielder to world-class caliber midfielder. Uh, Flick has had a positive impact on many, many players. You could throw Kingsley Coman in that mix. When did Coman ever look as good as he has under Flick? And I know he's trailed off, and I'll be the first one to tell you that the last few weeks. But Coman has been so much better under Flick than he was under any other manager. Simply put, Flick is a guy that gets it. He knows how to relate to his players. I beat that drum for a long time. Part of being successful as a coach is knowing your players, establishing relationships with those players, and having an open line of communication with those players. There is no coach on earth in the world of football who does that better than Hansi Flick. I firmly believe that. A lot of people might point to Pep Guardiola, but Pep is not quite the communicator that Hansi Flick is. And I know most players who have played for Pep uh, love to talk about how much they learned from him and how much he taught them. But where Flick differentiates himself is he not only teaches the players, he is building relationships and constantly communicating. That has been one theme that has ran rampant since he took over. Players are consistently mentioning talking to Flick and that he interacts with them and that they are not just learning from him, but they are conversing with him and communicating, collaborating with him. And I think that that's one thing that could be very unsettling for some of these players to think about. Um, obviously, they're professionals. They're going to want to keep their minds on the task at hand. But when you find out your manager is leaving and, and he's just won a sextuple with you, it is it's difficult for anybody. I don't care if you're Thomas Muller. I don't care if you're Mark Roca. Uh, you know, these. this is a difficult thing. And, and sure, <laughs> Roca might be a bad example since Flick clearly had no confidence in him. But the point remains that whether you're the first guy on the roster or the last guy, turnover among the coaching ranks is not favorable for you. Simply put, the next coach in might not like you at all. And Muller himself has... has Kind of tasted that a little bit under both Carlo Ancelotti and Niko Kovac, unfortunately, which we have covered ad nauseum. So back to the point, let's just hope that Bayern Munich can tune out everything that's going on. They can tune out the flick drama, the Brazo drama, the transfer talk, all of that, the European Super League. Let's just hope Bayern can tune that out, stay focused, and pick up a 3-1 victory over Bayer Leverkusen because that is what I'm going to predict in this one. So as always, thanks for listening. I know we've been hitting you with a lot of podcasts lately. We're trying to stay on top of all the breaking news to give you guys some reactions and also do our normal weekly uh, Darius Blick previews, our post-game podcast, and then our flagship show, uh, which Jake and Tom have been doing awesome with. Uh, love listening to those guys. Wish I could join them more often, but 
I am a 44-year-old dude with a couple of kids, uh, a job, and, and a lot of things going on. So uh, I can't hang with those young bucks as much as I would like to. But I do plan on getting together with them soon so we can kind of celebrate um, the podcast itself and how much it's grown. And and uh, just to be able to hang out with those guys every once in a while is, is, is good for me because it makes me feel young even though I'm old as dirt. So thanks for listening. Uh, you know, if you get the chance, have a beer tomorrow during the game and uh, enjoy it. This is the time of the season where we should be enjoying these games. We will catch you next time, hopefully after a big Bayern Munich victory.